Hello, Remnant, to the Most High and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I was wanting to do a podcast today and kind of give you some, a few things that the Lord has shown me before I forget, because I forget the things that he shows me when he's like speaking to me and lots of things have been made, um, I've been made aware of um, while I've been studying and fasting and praying this week. And I was in the book of Hebrews studying a lot about the Jews. And and as I was studying, I spent a lot of time in Hebrews 1 through 4. And the Lord started to speak to me about the Jewish people and how the Jewish people, it kept saying today, today, T-O-D-A-Y, two different words. And we put it in one word and it's actually two words in Hebrew and it's He said it three times, the writer of Hebrews, which means it's very significant, but it talks about, I think today, I think that what Lord, the Lord was showing me is that, you know, we've been taught in religion that the Jews, we have the pre-tribulation rapture and the Jews will have seven years of tribulation to go through and seven years to give their lives to Jesus. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not true. The Jews, this is their second chance. This is their final chance. I grew up my whole life believing the Jews were the chosen people of God. But God made it very clear he divorced his people in Jeremiah. He cried, I mean, he begged, he be, Jeremiah cried out and begged the, the people to come back to God. And, and God divorced them. And so God's going to bring them back. And how does he bring them back? I don't know. I don't have a clue. But he's going to bring them back through bringing law and grace together. And how he's going to do that, I, I assume, is going to be that as the remnant rises up, and brings love to the Jewish people that they're going to want what we have. We're supposed to make them jealous, right? So as I was reading this, some things have been opened to my eyes that that I'd never seen before. And, you know, I can't believe, I believed after reading those four chapters over and over again, and then I went into like five through seven, but the Lord was speaking to me over and over again about how it is today is the day of salvation. And it means that, you know, if you t- if you notice, actually Hebrews is very close to Revelation, which I found very, very fascinating. I got my chronological Bible and I was going through and I was looking and I could not believe it was so close to the book of Revelation. Never have no- noticed that before. And I felt like, you know, it's, it's crazy because he's talking, he's talking to um, the Hebrews in our New Testament. And he's telling them about Jesus. And that is what is so beautiful. If you really sit down and you read it, he's talking about Jesus and about Moses. Because remember I said Moses was at a, uh, Jesus was a foreshadow of Moses and how Moses went up the mountain. And the Israelites kept saying, where is, where is Moses? He's not coming back down. And, and they're doing the same thing. Where is your God? When, is, when, you, when you say he's returning, where is he? You know, he's, he's, he's taken so long. You know, he's not coming back. And they, they so... As Moses goes up the mountain, the people give up on him and they go down and they worship a golden calf that they built and they start worshiping the idols. And the same thing that we're doing today, we're worshiping idols instead of worshiping Yeshua and waiting on Yeshua to come. We're not preparing ourselves. Instead, we're wearing the golden earrings that made the golden calf, right? And as the Lord was speaking to me about this, you know, that I was reading about how, you know, he just kept saying, I thought, gosh, wow, how have we missed this? And he's talking to the Hebrews. He's talking to the Jewish people in our New Testament who don't believe. So that was that. And what blew my mind is he kept saying he was higher than the angels and he became lower than the angels. And Jesus came in flesh and blood. He came in a human form and he had to because, because the people would never accept 
they wanted a king to come save them, but they they wanted to use so so God made the laws. He made the 613 laws. They couldn't keep those. So then he made the 10. Well, they couldn't keep those either. So Jesus had to come and live in our flesh kind of thing in our in our world so he could see what we would have to go through to follow him. And so his crucifixion, his time in the desert, the wilderness with his before the crucifixion, before he was sentenced to death, um that is so, so significant. And it just blows my mind how we've missed it. And it's, it's so much more than we can see. Um, but he who was higher than the angels became lower than the angels. And as he went into the wilderness, Jesus had to go into the wilderness and had to go through that 40 days. And people don't understand this. They had, he had to go through the 40 days and 40 nights of, of, of crucifying his flesh. And it says in Hebrews, it's very, very clear that yes we yes i know we have an advocate with the father and jesus sits at the right hand but not the angels they don't sit at the right hand of the father but jesus had to come in flesh so he could understand that what we would have to do to follow him and he and, and the truth is what he's saying is there's going to be no excuse for temptation when we get on judgment day there's going to be no excuse for temptation because jesus suffered that temptation and fought through it and he won the battle and he became human to get through that time so he could show us hey I've been there I've been there I know it's hard so the temptation is not going to be something that we can say but we were tempted he's not he's going to say so was I um I think the thing is that we have to understand is sanctification and we really need to understand yes we are saved by faith by grace through faith but but there has to be a circumcision of the heart. There has to be a transformation. And it's very clear in the book of John, as I was listening to this morning, First John, that those who love God do not sin. They don't sin. And if you follow Jesus and you've died and you've become a new creation, you've been born again, you don't want to sin. You don't want to hurt him. And it's not being judgmental. It's saying, you know what? I went back and I broke down the scriptures and I've read it over and over and over and over again. And it continues to say the same thing. We are, yes, we have an advocate with the father if we do sin. But if we continue to return to that sin, we are not children of God. We are not truly walking in salvation and born again, circumcision heart with us continuing to go back to our sin. There will be no excuse for temptation. The time of the Jews giving their life to Jesus is right now. They are, they, this is the time for them. And this is the time for the Gentiles. This is it. There will be no second chance. I don't believe that. This is our second chance. There will be no third chance, whatever, but there will be no time during the seven years of tribulation to give your life to Christ. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I truly believe that. And so I have, I, the Lord has shown me this during fasting and praying, and I'm sorry. I know it's not going to, you know, fit theology and what religious doctrine has taught. But the truth is what religions have taught us. You have to understand that religions were created by the Roman Catholic Church to keep us from believing in Jesus and keep us from Christianity. And so religions were created to control 
for man to control man. It's no different than politicians who use politics and Democratic or Republican to basically divide and conquer. It's Satan dividing and conquering and using a way to control people and manipulate them to get them to persuade them to live the way that they want them to live so they'll have all control. Until we understand that we have to come out of the system, I don't know how. I, I feel like God is putting on my heart that Christians need to come together and the remnant needs to come together, put their money together and figure out a way to um, put their pride aside, put their religious spirit aside, get some deliverance. And, and God is opening up some doors for me with deliverance that I didn't know would even happen and it just kind of happened out of nowhere. But things things are changing god is things are shifting and god is going to be bringing his remnant together to try to find a way to get through this next time the time that's coming because it's getting ready to get dark and i do believe there could be three days of darkness coming i've seen that since the eclipse and um i think that there could be an emp attack i don't know what it is but i do know that there's some darkness coming but I hope that that gives you some insight to what the Lord has revealed to me during my time of fasting. It's been very, very powerful for me. And uh, very, um, it's been beautiful to see that, you know, Jesus had to die the way he did when he said, you know, Father, if you could take this cup from me, you know, please do. He could have sent legions of angels to to come and save him from his crucifixion. And I always thought, why didn't Jesus defend himself? He didn't defend himself because he knew that he had to die the way he did. He knew that he had to die a painful, bloody, gory, uh, persecuted, physically abused, um, you know, beaten and bloody and gory death because of the fact that he knew that if he, think about it, if he had come on the earth and he did not go through with this we would continue to live in our sin because we would think it would give us permission. We would still have, we would still be able to just continue to live in our sin. It wasn't just about so we could continue to live here, but it would have given us permission to stay in our sin. Do you understand this? By dying or by dying the way he did, by going to the desert, by or wilderness and, or desert and Jesus or Satan tempting him, it showed us what we have to do to follow him. There will be no excuse for sin on judgment day. There will be no excuse. And so even though he is the advocate, he is our lawyer, he's our attorney with the judge who is God, we will have no excuse. And that is really hard to swallow. But the truth is churches have taught lies with hyper grace and it, it, it is, it is a lie and we have to bring people back to the truth and we have to understand that we are to walk in his holiness and we are to have robes on that were provided for us for the dinner party that are spot free and blemish free. I love all of you guys, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I just wanted to tell you this because I don't want to forget it because it was pretty awesome. So have a great day. God bless, and talk to you later, Lord willing. Bye.